The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 138 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story? While drug makers race to develop a safe and effective vaccine, making one is just the first challenge. The global supply chain is not ready for what it takes to distribute an eventual vaccine to billions of people. But first... Here's what happened in virus news today. The virus has found its way into a younger demographic. Around the world, infections among millennials and Generation Z are driving new waves of cases. And even where restrictions have been reimposed, they aren't abating easily. A major challenge Psychological fatigue with social distancing, especially as the pandemic drags into its eighth month. Young adults are both less fearful of the coronavirus and face greater economic and social costs when they stay home. The trend may be a sign that social distancing is untenable over a long period, even though doing so flattened the virus curve in many places earlier this year. Google will keep its employees home until at least next July, according to a report by Dow Jones. That makes the tech giant the first major U.S. corporation to formalize such an extended timetable in the face of the pandemic. Finally, some insight into a potential vaccine. Once we've developed one, we may need to get a shot every year, just like the flu shot. Kate Bingham, head of the UK's COVID vaccine task force, told Bloomberg TV that an initial dose will probably reduce the severity of symptoms, and that continued treatment will be needed to maintain immunity. Bingham said people who've had COVID don't show long-lasting immunity, and her task force is seeing a decline in antibodies that get generated after infection. A sterilizing vaccine that would prevent infection completely is still being pursued. Bingham also said it's unlikely any vaccine would be ready before the end of this year. Vaccine challenges are also the subject of today's main story. An effective vaccine is seen as the world's greatest hope for achieving some kind of return to normal. And the timeline for developing one has been sped up dramatically. But as hard as it's going to be to make a vaccine quickly, once we do, we'll have a new problem. Getting it to billions of people. The industries that move goods around the world on ships, planes, and trucks acknowledge they aren't ready to handle the epic challenges involved in shipping an eventual vaccine to the world. 
I talked to reporter Brendan Murray, who explains how difficult it will be for the global supply chain to distribute and administer the drug. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. So what are some of the issues with getting vaccines into the hands of billions of people? So the pharmaceutical companies are are scaling up in a massive way to try to deliver this uh, antidote to the coronavirus to billions and billions of people, potentially. Uh, at the same time, the global economy is, is scaling down in a big way. That means ocean shipping companies, air freight companies are scaling back capacity to deal with the slower demand that the global economy is throwing off. So you have these conflicting forces creating a lot of challenges to uh, to deliver, uh, you know, what could be, you know, three, four, five billion vaccines to, to people around the world. Now you have, uh, you know, a, a couple of other complications, one of the main ones being uh, this vaccine is likely going to need to be, if not frozen, uh, very close to freezing and uh, you know, maintained all throughout the transportation process. So, uh, you know, there's re- there are real questions about whether there's capacity there to do that in any massive uh, way that's going to be required. Now, you know, we've seen issues with supply chains before during this crisis. Obviously, earlier on, and I mean, even continuing to now, there have been issues about getting um, personal protective equipment or PPE to healthcare workers, to everyone around the world. Now, why is the question of the vaccine and distribution a little bit different from that issue that we saw earlier? Right. I think most people would say, uh, if you're looking at it objectively, that supply chains you know, were bent and stretched, but they never really broke. Now, you you did see shortages of things uh, like toilet paper or even, you know, medical equipment. Um, but the systems that are designed to deliver products, uh, you know, in international uh, supply chains essentially caught up pretty quickly and, and resolved that situation. With the vaccine, you have, uh, as I said, you know, th- billions of people that are going to need this. Uh, and one of the experts that I listened to last week said that uh, you know, it, it takes one uh, Boeing 777 to carry a million doses. So a thousand 777s to carry a billion. So if a billion people are going to get two doses of this, that's 2,000 777 cargo planes full of them. And it's, it's, oh, the vaccine isn't going to come all at once. It's going to come millions of doses at a time. And there's just no telling when exactly that's going to happen. And that creates problems for if, you, if you're a shipping company, an ocean freighter company or, or an air cargo company, you need to know, uh, you know when that's coming to be able to gauge the, uh, the, the amount of capacity you're going to devote to it, uh, to the demand side. And, and again, you know, the, the world economy is not going to stop and wait for vaccines to be uh, delivered. You know, they're going to have to do this on top of all the other pushing and pulling that you know, supply and demand are doing uh, at the same time. And I was wondering if you might 
dig into that a little bit more. As you mentioned, this this demand for international resources, supplies, obviously, if and when there's a vaccine, that means that there will be distribution and demand needed globally. But we're also seeing this simultaneously at a point where a lot of world economies are contracting or even kind of slowing down their supply chains. I mean, what is the the push-pull there of how do we distribute something globally when the global supply chains are no longer as strong as they were even, say, a year ago? Yeah, exactly. It's a good point. And particularly at a time when, you know, this is going to take global coordination. Uh, the, the, the issue that, that I've uh, you know, heard in the past week or so from the experts is that there is no coordinated strategy right now. You, you have to start thinking about this stuff now if it's going to happen in six months. Uh, you can't just sort of fire up a bunch of cargo planes and, and, and make this happen. So it's a difficult time to do so. Supply chains are stretched. Countries are, are saying, oh, we don't want production coming from overseas anymore. They're getting very protectionist with the production of, of, of particularly drugs and, and medical gear, uh, you know, in an environment where, uh, you know, countries are already skeptical of working with others uh, and dealing, dealing with, um, you know, cross-border movement of, of things, particularly as, as, as vital as, as a vaccine, you know, you could see all sorts of protectionism break out and kind of the, you know, the strong survive or the, or the, the wealthier countries survive at the, at the expense of, of, of other countries. There was an expert I, I, I heard this week who said, how are these vaccines going to get to, you know, a rural area in Mozambique or you know, up, up in the mountains in Peru if it needs to be refrigerated? I mean, the, the short answer is it's going to take a long time if it ever gets to places like that. On top of the the issue of global economies, I mean, we're also looking at a crisis point in the airline industry itself, obviously in the wake of the pandemic. Um, What are some of the unique challenges that the airline industry in particular is facing in terms of logistics distributing this vaccine? So the airline industry has both curtailed the supply or the capacity of, of air cargo because when passengers aren't flying, the bottom half of that plane is not filled with cargo. So they have both, uh, you know, when they grounded planes, that left uh, the, the air air cargo capacity in a real in a real crunch. Now. The flip side of that is you can turn a, a passenger plane into into one that hauls cargo. It it takes time and money, but they but they but they've been able to do that. Emirates, I believe, has seventy triple sevens former passenger planes that are now running cargo around the world. So that's that's the other uh, reason why you need to plan ahead because the airline industry is not expecting this downturn to be you know to last for you know a couple or several more months. They're looking at this over the next two to three years and trying to gauge how much air cargo capacity there is is a uh, is just basically impossible right now. And let's finally talk timelines. There are several candidates right now in trials. Um, There are numerous attempts to make a successful vaccine all over the world. And a lot of people are saying that we actually have quite a bit of time before we can really expect to see a successful vaccine. Will this amount of time in some way, do you think, give us the time we need to prepare for this distribution on a global scale? Well, that's one of the reasons why I think people in the uh, in the uh, you know, transportation, shipping, logistics industry are kind of raising the alarm right now, because 
the most optimistic scenario is the first doses are available by the end of the year. Most realists would say it's probably more like, you know, the first quarter or, or middle of next year before tens of millions of these are going to be available. So that's a, that's a wide, uh, you know, timetable to, to, to plan, you know, how much, how much um, airlift capacity you're going to need. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a real, there's a real question mark. Um, and as soon as that timetable is clearer, then, then the transportation folks can, can, you know, get a plan together to do it. The, 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 the fallback is if, the, if private industry can't do this, you know, then you, you could conceivably see governments in various countries, maybe even the military, take over uh, that, that role. That was Brendan Murray in London. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Brendan Murray. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Schein and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.